0: Inspiration, inspiration now in, inspiration, in now session. In Inspire God's cool. people. Cool. You are going to be, stop saying oh what you gon' do God. till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You
1: felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. Stop saying what you gon' do till you do what you said. When you open that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt the deep in
0: Yo, what's up guys people? I am your host Jay Will and I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys People where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Today Toya is jumping on the show with me and we are going to talk about second generation success. And this is an important topic because so much of our story, so much of our lives and the narrative is wrapped up in the struggle. And y'all know I love to struggle. I love to be inspired. I love to know like what you've been through. But I also think we have to do a much better job at telling the story of success. And I get, you know, like we, we going to jump into some things on this episode, and y'all know how it is. Me and Toya get to talking. It gets better and better as you go. So you don't want to skip nothing. I will tell you this. You can always also find this episode on YouTube. Also on Facebook. Inspire Guys People does have a Facebook page. And the dope thing about the YouTube, I got to say this, is we also add the chapters. So after the stream goes, I add the chapters. And you can actually go through there and look. And if you want to go to a specific part, now nah. Do I want you to listen to the entire show? Yes, I do want you to listen to the entire show. But also notice sometimes, even if you listen once and you like, oh, I want to go back and replay that one section when they was talking about second generation success. Then you can hit the chapters on the YouTube channel. And that's why we do that. That's why you want to check out the YouTube. But also the reason you want to keep listening to the audio is because you get some extra information. Like this intro right here. This ain't on the the video podcast. Video podcast ain't getting all that. And, you know, they not going to get these first three to five minutes when I bring y'all up to speed on what I've been to, what I've been through, Uh, what I've been up to this week. I just got back from North Carolina. So it's been a busy week. And look, man, I want to share things with y'all because I'm writing my own story. And I love the idea of y'all being alone on this journey. Like the people that's been rocking with Inspire Guys people from the get-go. Y'all deserve to know more information about this inspiration. So before we jump into uh, bringing Toya on and getting into that conversation about second-generation success, um, let me think. What I want to share about this week. This week was really dope. Uh, has some challenges, right? And and part of what I like to do is I like to tell y'all some. I don't tell y'all too much information. I'm trying to get better at sharing because I know that's in, that. Look, we cool now, right? So I can share a little bit more with y'all. Um, I like to tell some of the good and some of the challenges, so you understand I'm human, and this podcast is about, um, you know, guiding you to your purpose, but. On that path comes some ups and downs. So the last thing I want to do is sell you a lie or anything like that. I wouldn't want to lie to you. You know, like some people would just make it seem so easy. It uh, it doesn't mean that it, it's easy to get started. It's easy. There are aspects that you can control that may be easy, but there is always ups and downs. So let's talk about it. Let me tell you about some of my ups and downs this week. And if you don't want to hear this, you know what I'm saying? Skip three to five minutes and jump right into podcast conversation, you know what I'm saying? But for those of y'all who want to be up in my business and want to follow the journey and the path, and the reason I share this stuff is because it might help you, you know what I mean, think through your situation. So y'all know we started this journey, this path of going visual and video with Inspire Guys people. I am really, really pleased with the content so far, and I know over time I'm just going to continue to get better. And I always tell myself, like, you start a process, you get, you go through it, you make improvements, right? You keep score. You, you like, oh, I can, I need to change this. I need to tweak this. So yeah, that happens over time. Right. But I'm really pleased with what it looks like and things like that. Now, growing it is a challenge. It's always challenging. Social media has all these algorithms you're trying to like jump through. And I I don't have time to really try to play algorithm games. So my focus is creating valuable content and letting the content speak for itself. And hopefully over time, you know what I mean? After we have some consistency, it will organically grow. People will share it. People will talk about it and the right people will hear it as you bring value. So that's, that's part a right there for anybody out there who's starting something and they feeling like this is too tough. It ain't going nowhere. Like, listen, y'all, it happens to the best of us. I've had a lot of successes in life and I've had a lot of failures And no matter what, no matter how much money you got, no matter anything, you're going to go through building things and it's not going to be easy and you got to figure it out. And I'm in my figure it out stage right now as it relates to Inspire God's people. And how do I bring this content to more people in an efficient way where people need to listen? There's so much more I need to do, but we taking it one day at a time. Now, let me tell you this. So in the midst of all this, I start doing a video and then you look up and, you know, I Now I have now, you know, cause I have a corporate job for those of y'all who listen, I'm a senior national account sales manager. And, um, now I got traveling things like that. So I traveled to North Carolina this week with the corporate job. This was a pretty big meeting for a, a charity, uh, a charity event, um, for, uh, I can't get my, I can talk raising kid, ra- raising money for hunger to stop hunger. That's what it ultimately is about. Right. And, um, We're at this like prestigious golf resort and, um, Pinehurst is called. And you got, um, this is like, there's PGA tour events that, that happen here. So like golfers for people who play golf or no golf, this is like, this is the absolute place to be to the point that when I was on going to the airport, there was a, a older lady that was in the elevator with me and she asked where I was going. And I told her and she was like, are you a pro golfer? Now, keep in mind, I have my golf swag on. Keep keep in mind, I have my golf swag on. Y'all know how I do it. Come on now. I had to do it. I was out there. I ain't going to lie. I was out there feeling swaggy. In the I mean, I kind of dress like that already in that in-between, like, sporty casuals, what I used to call it. But, yeah, I like that vibe. I got a lot of clothes in that vibe. But, yeah, she asked if I was a pro golfer just because I was going there. That tells you about that place. I get there, it's beautiful, it's in the middle of nowhere, we're staying in a villa, it's you know some big time executives there, you know, because I'm just a senior national account sales manager, for me coming from where I come from, and I'm still growing in my career, like yeah, that's something, but in the grand scheme of things, I work for a Fortune 50 organization, I'm, it's some hot shots there, you know what I'm saying, people making the real money, the real, real money, um, so we got all kind of big senior uh executive leaders there and all these things. And I'm going to tell y'all, highlighted a trip for me. They told me when I was on the shuttle coming into the airport that the, uh, (laughs) your room comes with access. They had three BMWs and you could take anyone you want for, for, uh, it was uh, some hours or whatever, but, uh, at no cost. And, and they had the nerve that had them three BMWs parked right outside of the villa I was staying in. You know what I told myself? Told my wife on the phone. First night, I was like, I'm taking one of them BMWs. Now, look, I'm going to be real with y'all. It ain't like I ain't never drove a BMW before. A luxury car is a luxury car. But I'm not a BMW guy. I don't have a BMW. You know what I'm saying? Um So, for me, I've never been to a hotel or a resort that just came with a whip. So, you know, again, look, I come from seven mile east side. So as y'all on this journey with me, sometimes I ain't never had nothing. You know what I mean? And I'm going to experience it and enjoy it and be happy about it. And I'm not going to try to act like I'm not. I was like, oh, I'm taking that BMW. So the next day while everybody was playing golf and I had a few hours on my hand, uh, one of my coworkers at work, I was like, yo, <laughs> I'm about to take this BMW. And so uh, I took the 750 LI. And uh, had it for about a good four hours. Drove an hour and a half downtown Raleigh. Hour and 15 minutes. Downtown Raleigh, North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? And checked out a nice couple of restaurants and things like that. But I but I, I drove that 750. You, hey, I wouldn't have cared if it was a Honda. I'm going to be real with you. You give me a car with my hotel room, I'm taking that boy somewhere. But it's, if if this is 750, I might be gone for 750 hours. <laughs> No, I had a great time. That was that was fun. That was cool. Now to some of the challenges, though, that it brings when you think about, you know, traveling and having this podcast, right? You know, while there's a lot of good things happening on that end in the corporate world, but I'm super busy. I have to prioritize that. I take my job really seriously and doing a good job really seriously. And it also gives me exposure to a lot of things. I've never been to that type of golf resort before. So I saw a lot of things and was exposed to a lot. And that's how I come back to this podcast and create a lot of this content through the real life experiences that God has allowed me to grow. And when I really take a step back, cause I don't always take a step back to think about it. It's like a lot has happened in the last two years. You know, in the last two years, this is my third job. You know, I've changed jobs a few times, same organization, but given new opportunities. And with each of these new opportunities comes a new level of exposure, a new level of responsibility, all types of things that I constantly have to adjust to. But it's helped me create this content. Now, the last part I'm saying is that in the midst of all of that happening, I have to create this content to bring value to you because I care about Inspire God's people. So I go to North Carolina before I leave. Right. What you're about to listen to with me and Toya. I recorded this last week before I left. We recorded this Saturday. So I was like, okay, we're going to record the video Saturday morning and I'm going to pre-upload everything and that way I can be gone because the show usually comes out on Wednesdays. I get back Wednesday, had the pre-recorded portion for video going and for some reason it just did not upload to my regular Facebook page. It uploaded everywhere else, but the regular uh, Facebook page is where most of the viewers come from and this is happening like i'm frustrated but i'm also tired because i've been gone and i'm like all right i also didn't get an opportunity because i got so busy prepping for the trip to re to record the audio to upload the audio what i'm doing now right so i'm just sharing with you in real life in real time a lot of the challenges that comes with doing anything that you are passionate about and that you believe in but as i've told y'all and i'm saying this to hold myself accountable too because it gets tough i want y'all to know that like this, you know, the stuff that I talk about on this show, the reason that I believe in it so much is because it's real. It's literally not fake. I'm literally not making it up. I've shared uh, so many concepts without actually giving you some of the behind the scenes I'm giving you now. I've shared so many concepts and ups and downs, like all these topics, like I man, like it's just been a lot of life behind it. Right. And I don't always take the time to talk about it. Even to my friends and family, I don't always take the time to like tell people these experiences or whatever. Cause you know, sometimes I don't want to come off no kind of way. It's different reasons, but ultimately, Hey, I think this is valuable to know. But with all of that being said, I had these challenges and here I am now on Thursday when the show is supposed to come out on Wednesday, recording this portion of the show. And I had to um, move the the Facebook viewing to today. Right. And I, it was like, soon as I got off work, we not really off work, got done with work. My last hour of work I spent with that plan on Facebook, <laughs> looking like a live video while I was like trying to respond to the two or three comments I had on there while also finishing up work. So there's my phone right here playing a live video or what people think is live, but it's really pre-recorded from last week playing simultaneously at the same time while I'm finishing up. Uh, this is from like 5.30 to 6.30. I think I got done with work at seven o'clock today and now it's at 7.04. I'm like, you, you get what I'm saying? Like it, It it just goes on and on. So, so, you know, seven o'clock, I'm finishing up that video and finishing up working all those things. And look, that's the life. So I'm saying that to tell you that you can keep going. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs through your process. But, you know, just because it's hard, don't give you, you know, the okay to give up. And sometimes that's how we treat it. Like, oh, this is harder than I thought, so I should give up. Now, I know that was long. That was longer, a lot longer than I wanted to talk, actually. So I think it's time for me to be quiet right now. But I hope that you can get some value out of that if you decided to listen uh to this portion. I just want to encourage you, uh, because, again, I feel like so many of the people who are trying to motivate us and encourage us online, so many influencers, people are talking from the mountaintop and they're talking to you as if their life is figured out and you should follow them because they have everything figured out. That's just not my vibe. Right now. Again, I do believe in credibility. I do believe in experience. So that's why I tell you, like, there are definitely some things um, that I've experienced. I've had a lot of success and things that I don't even talk about to anybody um, other than my wife might not know some things. Um, So but I do think it's important for me to find ways to share certain things to bring value to you. So. If you like that and you want to hear me tell more of my little stories and experiences, then comment, respond, DM, shoot me an email, jermainewilsonmusic at gmail.com. Look in the description of today's show, and you will see all the links to be able to contact me or subscribe on YouTube and all those things, listen to my music. And hopefully, again, if you find value, I'm not going to keep telling these stories if y'all don't want to listen to them. But if y'all want to hear a little bit of the uh, stories and experiences that I have, I will become a little more vulnerable and share a little more with y'all so that you could take bits and pieces away and hopefully um, implement into your business, your uh, job, your life, your purpose. And now let's jump into this conversation with Toya. Hey man, y'all share this show. If If you enjoy it, again, like it, comment, subscribe, share it, all of those great things because that's how... We gon' grow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yo, yo, yo. What up, guys, people? You feel what Listen. I'm saying?
1: I'm trying to figure out how I'm not in this video. How you gonna have this grand entrance, and I'm not somewhere in the background in a hoodie yeah. or something? I mean, y'all see how he do me?
0: Yo. Hey, you ain't show up to the shoot, fam. Ain't right, nothing I can do bro. for you. You know what I'm saying? You got to... We got to reshoot or something. Time or for a something. new music video. No. What up, doc? I'm
1: good. M- music videos is not my thing. I'll just stick to this side of the screen. It's
0: cool, right? Yeah, like now you now you talking and we gonna mess around and <laughs> have you featured. No, thing, I'm, so. I'm good.
1: I'm just being funny. What's going on? I'm excited.
0: Man, I'm. I'm. Is it a word that captures excited and tired?
1: We're going to have to think of one. Yeah, that's we're going mean. to have to think of one. I totally
0: yeah. understand that. I'm not. No, I ain't. You know what? I ain't really tired, but I'm doing a lot. Like, I got a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? So it's all good, though. It's just like once you, I guess, you pray for new levels, you get there, and it be like, oh, this is like Listen, real life. So I got a bunch of good, stuff going stuff. on. But, um... Man, you you got your, your dog good. We don't
1: week. see, okay? Let me tell y'all. Let me go ahead and just give out my disclaimer. You know, Jay said, you know what, Latoya? I'm ready to do visual. I said, okay. That means I got to get my life, right? Well, he decided to do right. visual right when it's summer, right? So that means kids out of school. That means dog running around. So I'm just praying that yeah. the looks on my face is enough to keep these kids in, this, in their place, Okay. <laughs>
0: We don't see. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's crazy when you like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy how much life can change in the summer. You know what I'm saying? Even without kids. Cause. Sure. Just having kids in my, in the neighborhood, like, oh, y'all out, y'all out early. I'm trying to work in my home office and stuff. And there's kids and people. First of all, a lot of these people working at home don't be working. I'm like, how you cutting your grass at eight o'clock in the morning? (laughs) And you supposed to be sitting down
1: somewhere doing some um, work. Listen, I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. Like, like I'm not, I'm not feeling it. So, but like you said, look, we, we visual now. This is, this is like the second or third episode that we, that we visual. I feel good so far. Like we growing baby steps, but we here now. You know how like when you anticipating something or planning for something, you could be planning it forever. It's nothing like actually when you get in that experience and doing it, it's just like, I don't know. It's just something about it that feel way different than planning and anticipating it. And you kind of feel like, all right, I'm here now. You ever had that feeling? It's like, all right, I'm here now. We and, got to try to make going this going work. From there, you know that's how saying? I feel.
1: I'm like, listen, okay, I got the idea. Exactly. Let me just go ahead and jump. Because I'm not going to know what I need to fix, what I need to correct, how to make it better, unless I just do it. So we're here.
0: And it's nerve-wracking, too. I ain't going to lie. And everybody, you know, as an entrepreneur, business person, whatever you do, like, you get that feeling. I get that feeling in corporate America when I get a new job where it's like you go after the job, you know, you kill the interview, you talk your talk, and then you get there them first few days, weeks, months, and you like, oh, okay, this is different. And so uh that energy be changing when you get hit with, like, something new and you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So for whatever reason, it seems like i make a living out of just making myself uncomfortable regardless but of But you know it what? So it's okay
1: because growth happens in discomfort. If you're comfortable, you're not growing. Let's let's just be real. Let's just put it all out there. All right. If you're comfortable and I don't fight me, you are not growing, right? <laughs> so I think that the fact that you are uncomfortable only means that you're going somewhere you're going somewhere with your life, jay it's okay, you know, I get it
0: <laughs> we' going up, we're going up we we better look, I'm gonna be real, we better be
1: for real <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that's the scary part, like when you're working hard and you like you' giving it everything you got it's like yo but but like, I seriously do believe that though, like I actually believe that when when I'm working hard, when you give something everything you got like it, got- it gotta work Like. So, even if it don't work, yeah. something got to no, work from I'm, I'm
1: so with that. I'm so with that. And and that even puts, pre- not necessarily pressure, I'll say, but that's why I'm, I'm real adamant about there not being a plan B, C, D, E, or F, right? Because if you give your all to plan A, the moment that you start to say, well, plan B, plan C, then now you're giving yourself room um to not make plan A work.
0: See, I don't know. I don't know if we the same on that. I struggle with the with the only one. Do you? All right, all one. right. I struggle with that, yeah. Um, let's see. Let's unpack that. Let's see where we different at. Let we gonna make our make our case and see where we land. So for me, I kind of feel like, all right, yeah, I can hear the side of like you only got like plan mm-hmm. A, and you go all in, but then it's like if it don't work. I kind of feel like that's like going on the airplane with no parachute for me. It's like, so what I say is like my plan and my strategy includes lifeboats, life jackets. That's kind of how I plan and I go after things. Like I have like an ejection button and all that because I feel like, yo, like I got to be prepared for worst case scenarios. And I don't want to be so stubborn in something that I want to do. That if it really don't make sense, that I can't do. That's good.
1: That's that's, good. That's good. That's good. So I totally understand the perspective of my plan. So let me let me adjust my words, right? Because there's a difference between my plan and God's plan, right? So my plan was to do one, two, three, four, five. God's plan was for me to do this. So what I'm saying is, is I believe that. Let me let me backtrack. Once you gain clarity of God's plan, then there are no additional plans. Now, is there going to require pivot? Will there require where will uh, pivot and adjustment be required so that you can learn and move and figure it out? But the moment that you start to say, "Okay, if this doesn't work, I'm going to then do this. It's like, have you really given that that initial plan, of course, according to God, because our plans may not work. It, it, that's just how it works. But am I willing to commit to this thing until I see it through?
0: Yeah, no, I feel that. And it, it maybe it's like a balance because I definitely feel where yeah. you're coming from, especially if it's God's plan. If it's like, all right, God specifically tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, you can't be like, all right, I'm going to go halfway to Nineveh And then if that don't work, whatever, whatever. But I will say this, like, I think it's a thin line sometimes between our plan Mm -hmm. and God's plan. And just because I'm a believer and I'm led by God, that don't necessarily mean, in my opinion, that I'm going to 100% always hear God, like, completely... Mm -hmm. Right. And I, because like I struggle with the fact that some people be saying that it's God, but it don't like, then if five years later, it don't work anyway, then it's like, well, if that was God, that would have worked. So sometimes I think we could think that everything we Mm -hmm. feel is God. And that's what I, I guess that's the only thing I'll say about that to me is like, I don't like sometimes we, sometimes we feeling like, all right, I'll give you an example. If I'm a Christian basketball player, and I'm going into game seven, and I'm like, all right, we going to win. I got to have faith. Mm -hmm. Like, we going to win, right? And I might know that God want me playing basketball, but then it's another Christian dude on the the other side. He's praying too. We going against each other. One of us about to lose. (laughs) And that don't mean that we shouldn't think we going to win going in the game, but just because we think we want to win or want to win, and even though we in God's will doing what we do, with this particular game, if we lose, that don't mean that, oh, man, God, like, God was wrong. No, it just means, like, you was in a competition and somebody was going to win and somebody was going to lose. So I guess what I'm saying is, like, to me, business is a competition. And when I'm in a competition, I do have to give it my all. So, like, this particular game, for instance, I'm giving it my all. But I'm also not necessarily putting my all in this game. If that, and that mm-hmm. might not it make does. sense. It does. So I can give it my all without putting my all in it. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to like, if you got three kids and you like, yo, I'm going to win this game for sure. I put my kids on it. And it's like, whoa, somebody yeah. going to lose this game, yeah. bro. You just like, you can give the game everything you got while still allowing it to play out. And I guess that's how I strategically go after things like, I'm giving this everything I got, but I didn't put every ounce of my money into, you know, building out a studio and going vid- visuals for inspire God's people like I'm giving it everything I got, but I didn't put everything I got. Yeah, in it, I if think that,
1: makes that sense. It's so crazy. God is just so dope and I just love him. Um, how this segues into what I wanted to talk about today. Anyway, about, um what does okay. it take to win in the marketplace right and so as you were just using this as a example uh being a christian ball player in the in the uh seventh game saying listen i'm going to win yet there may be another someone on the other side saying the same thing this is something that god has really been like minister to me about and teaching me um one of my favorite teachers is dr miles monroe i'm um, just in some ways, how he's able to just bring, um, practical to his word, to the, to God's word, right? And so he's been talking about our faith in the promises of God versus our faith in the power of God and how there's a difference there, right? And so of course you, you hear it. It's like, okay, I get it, but it's not until you kind of sit down to really unpack this thing to truly understand what he's talking about. And so, as you were talking about, as we're talking about just the whole plan B plan C concept, the question of the the hour that I really wanted to kind of take some time to unpack is what does it take to win in the marketplace? Right. And as you were just sharing, now the question is, what do we consider winning? What do you consider to be a win? Because again, in our mind, and I'm going to go scripture too, in our mind, and even according to, a particular passage that I'm going to share. Winning is beating the component, beating the opponent, I'm sorry, Um, beating the opponent, right? Right. But what if winning is, what if the way that God wants you to win is in the game and not necessarily the result of the game? What if, and we talked about this before on the show, what if the promise was inside of the process? What if it's not something that we're striving for but every day it's unpacking. So let's use the ball players for an example. They in the game and God is saying, you're going to win because you're going to now be more obedient to me in this game. Like you're no longer looking for the, to be the champion of this game. You're now saying, okay, let me play my part. Let me be a better team player. Let me yield to God's voice. Let, whatever the case you may be struggling with, he's saying, now this is what makes you the winner. But in our own way, in our own right, in our own flesh, we're like, no, winning means to beat somebody. But what if there isn't a somebody as the opponent? What if the opponent is you?
0: I feel that a thousand percent. The opponent is the process. So to your point, God might be building something up in me where I just have to. It's like, hey. Do this podcast, go visual with it. So I'm not married to the results of like, do, does this video go viral? Um, some videos got seven views, some got 50, uh, maybe one or two have a hundred right now. We just started. So if I'm only focused on like, yo, I'm doing this for instantaneous results versus consistency. And again, developing myself because at the end of the day, it takes a lot of effort for us, like, Like you said, you got your kids, they out of school. You got a dog running around. You got other things on your schedule and calendar to do. I got other things going on. So the process of refining, like, what we do, this is what we do. What you do at Chase Gray University, what I do with Inspire Guys people, even what I do in the corporate world, all of this is a part of a refining process. So to the point that you just made, I'm giving this everything I got. So winning, like just being real, like just to even start entertaining the question you asked winning for me right now with inspire guys, people to podcast going in visual content, literally level one winning is yeah. doing it. I need three months to go by where I can look back and say for three months, I did an average of three videos a week. Like let's just start there. Don't, it literally does not matter. I literally, if you go, if you want to be the sixth person to look at some of these videos, there are literally five or six views on some of the videos. I cannot focus on that yet. I'm not saying that never matters, but I can't go into this and that be the currency, that be the trophy that I'm trying to win. Because if I focus on that and I haven't even knocked out the consistency and how to even fit this into my schedule, I'm traveling next week. How do I... How do I do that? I'm traveling Monday through Wednesday. We typically shows drop on um, typically Tuesday night, Wednesday. I'm going to be in North Carolina. What do I do? Right. I got to figure that out. So those that I guess that's the beginning of entertainment. No, you, you you're
1: definitely that. in the right in the right area. So this morning I'm walking, I'm doing my walk run. I may run a little bit. I may walk a little bit. Um, and I'm like, OK, Laura, I have a question. Now, your word tells me to walk by faith and not by sight, right? Your word tells me um, faith without works is dead, right? And so my question for God this morning was, how do I walk by faith, do the work, and not try to control the results, right?
0: Walk by faith, do the work, not try to control the results, okay? And so
1: you just said it. And so what he showed me was, he said, stop working for the promise and just work and know the promise is coming. That's that's just it. So when we're Absolutely. working, it's like, let, let's let's use building a house, for example, right? So you're instructed to build the house. We know that at the end, there's going to be this beautiful house. But he's saying, I don't want you to focus on the house being built. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't want you to focus on what the house is going to look like once you're done. I want you to focus on what's going on every time you lay the brick. Every time you lay the brick. Now, this is where he started to show me about the power, the my faith being in the power of God versus the promise, because the promise is already set. Right. He's already told us what we can have and what we can do and all of that good stuff. But he's saying, I need you to focus more on the power, because when you are laying those bricks and you get tired, you draw weary, you want to give up, you are hot. You irritate it. I want you to have faith in my power that I'm going to restore you. That I'm going to give you the strength that I'm going to give you the endurance. Like that's a whole nother ball game. It's like, yeah, I know the, the Bible yeah. tells me about the promises. Right. I get that. I could see that. But do you trust him in those moments when you don't want to, when you don't feel like it, when you don't see it? You know what I'm saying?
0: yeah and I think to the point that you make, and the reality of it is you're gonna hit those moments, and I think sometimes when we come into things, all right so i wanna I wanna kind of re engage like the whole like plan a versus plan b c all of those things, right so to me, it's as simple as like if I only have a plan a and i'm going and and I create the idea that I'm gonna get this everything I got. I think sometimes we step in front of God, like God wants you to focus on the process, but you are focusing on the results because you want instantaneous success. And what happens is when you jump ahead of God like that and the numbers don't, the success ain't there and you've put all your money in, you didn't took everything you got and put it in this and then lose your money that God never really told you to put in it because God was trying to build some substance in you on the inside, I truly believe God's initial focus is on the internal and our natural uh, initial focus is on the external. So ultimately, in my opinion, like when, when we are like trying to be singular focused, sometimes it's not that having one plan is the problem. It's that we are focusing on the wrong part of the plan. Yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It, it, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the question because we were talking about um, what does it take to win in the marketplace? Right. And so I'm like, OK, let me sit down and let me define what does win mean. Let me go and look at the definition. Win means to manage, to succeed or achieve something by effort. Right. By effort. So when we talk about the process, we're talking about what effort are you putting towards winning? And what does winning look like for you? Right. And so I'm, I'm just I wanted to, uh, to at least challenge, you know, the listeners, the viewers. When you think about winning, I want you to think about not necessarily beating an opponent, but what does it mean for you to to come against the side of you that don't want to get up early in the morning and work out? that doesn't want to, um, invest or put money into your business, you know, the side of you that is struggling with, um, self-sabotaging and negative thinking, like what have you considered that side of you to be the opponent? And now you're saying, okay, but I got to win. So what effort are you putting in towards that? Are you, are you really enduring the process or are you so focused on the promise that you're missing all of the bells and the whistles and the great portions of how to really live in the promise
0: so effort that's the word that stands out to me in everything that you're talking about, right And when I think about effort, the fact of the matter is like when you focus on results, those are just things a lot of time results like, they make us look good. If if one of these videos, you know, hit a 100,000 views, we going to look good. You know, Jay Will and Toya going to look dope. But God might not even be wanting us to think about that. So the first thing I think about is we might have to put our ambitions in check. And again, I think it's cool to be ambitious, but I just think ambition is something that we have to manage. And a lot of times people don't manage it. So the ambition takes over the purpose. So what what I'm saying is like, I'll use David as the example in the Bible. David was not focused on becoming a king. But that was the result that was actually initially like that was the plan of what God anointed him to be was the king. Right. If David would have been focused on being a king, he might have dressed right. He might have learned how to talk right. He might have had all the language and everything like all the traditions figured out, he would have probably looked and acted like the perfect king. But that's not how David's story went. When when the Lord sent Samuel to Jesse's house, some of David's brother looked the part more than David. And actually when Eliab, I talked about this on another video this week, when, when Samuel saw him, the first, he was like, yo, that got to be, this is David's big brother. Like that got to be the one. He handsome, like whatever, whatever. God stopped him and said, Look, I look at the inside. I judge the heart. Man judges the outer appearance. So I'm just saying that a lot of times, like, we are looking for the outer triggers and signs that we called for something or you got the look or you just got it or whatever. And a lot of times God to go to the person like a David that was just working in the field, but working in that field, giving that effort, taking care of his flock, and, and anything that he was responsible for in that field, he put his life on the line. So God was working on that internal substance because that's what he was going to need to be the king. He wasn't going to just need to be cute. So
1: I was sitting over here and I was trying to find the scripture about um, Romans five and four, how endurance produces character. Right. And so as we're in the process, here's here's why it's important for us not to. Um, keep, even though the Bible tells us to keep our eye on the prize, right? To to strive towards the mark, right? This is biblical. But the reason why I believe that when we're, when we're keeping our eye on the prize and we're we're striving towards the mark, as the word tells us, I think that we have to keep the mark being um, pleasing of Christ versus what we're looking to gain out of the physical work that we're doing, right? So I'm going to use Chase Gray University as an example. Um, I'm going to be honest. Our goal for Chase Gray University is to generate $250,000 per month. That is Chase Grade's overall financial goal. And so, as I sit every day, I'm I'm full time in my business. I'm always come, you know, working on curriculum, working on marketing strategies, building the team, like all of the different components of building a business. And I'm like, Lord, what's taking me so long? (laughs) Like, what's taking this process so Mm -hmm. long? And he's like, Because you keep focused on the 250 thousand versus focusing on what I need you to do in the process. And and don't get me wrong, it, it it challenged me. It, it, it hit me in the side because I'm like, oh, man, God, I thought I really was doing that. And he's like, yes, you're doing the work, he said, but you're doing the work for an, for a reward versus doing the work for the reward. So what do I mean? I'm pressing yeah. every day because I'm like, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there when he's just saying, if you just do it, you'll get there. When you change your posture and we're talking about winning, right? We're talking about winning. We're keeping it there because as entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, business professionals, corporate team members and leaders, we are striving for something every single day. And what happens when you're striving for something and you're not seeing the fruit as as quickly as you had desired to see it? And so, like we talked about in the beginning, what if you started to change what's fruitful? Right. Are you are you patient more? Um, Jay said he's getting ready to go. On a trip and go do some stuff in business that he's never done before. And so while that may not necessarily have been the result or the goal that Jay was looking for, but all the way up until him going on this trip, he's been preparing for this. He's been going on small ventures and hanging out and learning new trades and learning new skills. He didn't know that he was preparing for this, but he had been to endure the process. So when we talk about winning, I want you to step back and say, what effort am I putting in to win?
0: Yeah, I love the way you broke that down because a lot of times we want, like, so for you, just piggybacking off what you said, like you got this 250,000 a month, like, okay, that's the goal. Great. But Before we get to the two hundred and fifty thousand, I think a lot of times what happens is we trying to jump like from our starting point to our ending point. So if I go back to David, David is anointed to be king at around 15 years old. I know how we think. I know how I would have thought. I'd have been like, "Bet, let's go. All right. I'm anointed. Like, let's do it. No, he was anointed at 15. He didn't step into that kingship into that role until after 30. So my point is that a lot of us, like we talking about like here, like like you said earlier, God's plan, right? If God anoint us to do something, we'd be like, yo, I I know God called, I know God told me to do this. I know this was you, God, when I started this process. So why this ain't working? And God might be like, oh, it's working. I anointed you, but I didn't tell you that you step into that role the day I anoint you. I anoint you, fill you with my spirit. Now you got to go through the process of becoming ready for the role that you're going to go in. Cause the reality of it is a lot of us will get ourselves hurt. I always use the people who win the lottery. You go from being broke to being a multimillionaire. You can't handle that. That's just facts. That's why a lot of athletes go broke if they don't have the right people around them because you, you trying to go from zero to A thousand miles an hour. So it's like, yo, if I'm making, you know, I'm just throwing a random number. If I'm making a thousand dollars a month right now and I want to make, you know, 250,000 a month, I need to maybe also look at like, okay, how do I get to 10,000? How do I get to a hundred thousand? Not as those are the ultimate goal, but there's going to be a version of you that can handle 10,000 a month. Then there's going to be a version of you that can handle a hundred thousand a month. And one thing I've learned, and just in my corporate role and corporate American, going through that process, is a lot of times we underestimate. Oh, you know, pun intended. Got the underestimate hat on. Didn't even think about that. But a lot of times we underestimate what's going to be required of us at the that next part. Life.
1: We we don't sit down. Um, and count the cost. Right. And so I, I, I'm talking, of course, I love how we're able to speak from both perspectives while we know that Jay has served his time as an entrepreneur and still in that space of entrepreneurship. Um, so being able to speak from a corporate space and be, speak from an entrepreneur space, what we call here in the industry, a duopreneur, and then being able to speak from a space of a full-time entrepreneur, right? A, a full-time business owner. I like how, you know, I, you just brought up how the goal, and again, we're talking about what does it look like to win in the marketplace? Because we talk about this all the time, how social media creates this picture for us and what it's supposed to look like and what winning is supposed to look like. And if you haven't sat down to identify what's winning for you, if you constantly measure yourself up to what other people are doing or what they may, um, well, what may looks like winning to them, you'll constantly find yourself behind in the race but it's not a race, right? I mean, it is a race, but it's not how quick you can run it's more so. Are you enduring the process like we talked about you know what's your financial goal in your business? Are you looking to make a hundred a um, hundred thousand dollars a year? are you looking to make a hundred thousand dollars a month? are you looking to make a hundred thousand dollars a day? Are you willing to endure the process? Because it's not going to look the same. We were talking about affordability, um, a few days ago and I was laughing with my team and I'm, I'm gonna say it here. Um, I was laughing at my team because you know how you watch, you know, game shows or you watch, I'm a, I'm a big pastry chef food sh- network watching. Oh,
0: well, why not just come over, come over our house you know, I, and join Tiff watching the shows and I love baking, baking challenges. challenges. She ain't trying to bake not <laughs> one cake though. And just watching, I didn't watch the cake be baked Listen, I said on
1: Tuesdays, I have designated a day. I said on Tuesdays, I'm going to just start going on Pinterest and just find the stuff to create. So we're going to see. I'm going to see if I can hold myself to that. It's, it's great. So anyway, so you hear the reward, right? So they'll be like, you win this challenge and you win $10,000, right? And I'll be sitting there like, that's not a lot of money. But the people on the other side be like, yes, you know what I could do with this $10,000? And I'm like, did they tell y'all to say this? (laughs) I'm like, because $10,000 can get you this far. And this takes me back to that, that mindset of affordability, right? What's affordable to one is not affordable to the other. But that's a part of the process. So if you're in that mindset, cause I, I was telling the team, I said, am I ungrateful? Like, help me see this so that I'm, I'm checking myself, right? <laughs> I'm like, am I crazy? They like, right. no, it's, it's that, that growth that has happened in business. Because when I first started, $10,000 was like, whoa, right? Now being 10 years yeah. in the game, I'm like, $10,000 is not enough. Like, what, what are y'all talking about?
0: People go crazy on Family Feud okay. for twenty thousand dollars, and I'm looking like it's, <laughs> it's five hundred. Like, of y'all, like
1: you going crazy <laughs> over over.
0: What you gonna do with four thousand dollars? What you gonna do with that? Like you that. But but to your point, right? I I think a couple things kind of come in play. Like there, you kind of touched on quite a few dope things, and this idea of like changing your mindset, shifting your mindset, as you would say like to understand what's necessary at the level. One thing that I've learned too is like, it's easy for me to stand where I'm at and look up and point and say what somebody should be doing. But what we got to realize too is like the reason you need to count up the cost is because it look a lot different when you get there. Like it, it is one thing to hear somebody make something sound some type of way. But when you get there yourself and see what it's really about, and you gotta figure out, okay, like you saying, ooh, I got this ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand go a lot quicker than you think when you touch it. Same thing with twenty, same thing with whatever. Like we might think a certain amount of money sounds like so much, but it only sounds like that to the old you because the old you wasn't even wasn't even budgeting. The old you would have just went out there and splurged and wasted it. But when you're trying to figure out how to grow a business, how to grow your uh financial portfolio. How to leave a legacy when you try when when the the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required, and ultimately, like I think we need to be real with ourselves about the fact that like all right, i'm praying like you you hey I'm praying for two hundred and fifty thousand a month. What I need to be praying for along with that is the ability to manage two hundred and fifty thousand a month. that might mean managing it with my family managing it with people, friends who need stuff, because these are the responsibilities that come as you grow that people don't think about. Hey, if, if you have, let's just say $25,000, you know, what do you do when, you know, a family member needs 500, right? Most people just easily think like, Oh, just give it like, okay, cool. Well you give it. And then what do you do when the next when a cousin comes and want a thousand, See, the thing is that $25,000 sound like a lot. That's only $1,000 25 times. If you got a big family and 10 people ask you for $500, that's $5,000 right there. Okay. You got some bills. Okay. You took a trip. Okay. So I think ultimately, Toya, like what we have to understand is that there's a dual process happening. There's our tangible goal that we want $250,000, um, a new job, um, executive, uh, some people want to make six figures, whatever that is. But along with that tangible goal comes an internal process and in a goal that you should have, especially as a believer. I'm going to say this one thing and shut up and let you jump in. One of the things for me is like as I have goals for like business, right? I have to count up the cost because I have to have boundaries. What, how, like, what's my limitation? So a goal for me is Yes, I have these financial goals and things like that. And business goals to grow as a leader. But I also say, well, my grass still got to get cut every week by me. Like I still got to be able to go to the show with my wife or go out to dinner like me every week. So those are part of the cost, too. That's part of what I have to figure out. How how do I make sure I fit this in? Otherwise, I'll get caught up in the ambition and the numbers. And that's how you see people making all the money in the world having all the success in the world and losing everything that matters of substance.
1: Nope. You're, you're so right. And I, and that's, that's what I mean. When we're we're talking about this process and the reason why we're, you know, I'm sharing numbers with you again, talking about winning in the marketplace and how as business professionals and business owners, we have this overall goal or this idea of what it should look like in our business, especially once you've reached a certain amount of time in your business. And so when I talk about readjusting what you may consider to be a win in your business, I think that being able to. Uh, manage and be a good steward of that $10,000 is a win. Being able to manage and be a good steward of that $25,000 is a win. And so now I'm looking at the growth and the the development that's happening behind the scene versus me only striving and looking for the bigger goal, right? Only striving and looking for, and, and, and let me tell you, this is something that I've had to, again, sit down and work through myself. So I don't want anyone to think that, you know, I'm speaking from a space of, of arrival because the girl hasn't arrived anywhere. And I don't believe you arrive until Jesus come back and we're just going to be patient and wait until that day comes. But while I'm in business, um, especially one of the questions, one of the things that I sent Jay, I said, I want to talk about. Can you see your business sustaining long enough that it becomes a part of history? Like, understand that. Understand that. We look at Walmart, we look at JCPenney. We look at all of these brick and mortars that has been established since before us, right? Especially like JCPenney. Will your yep. business be able to sustain that long? Are you enduring the process? Right? Have you changed what winning looked like so that you can reach the overall goal?
0: And I think part of how we get there and, and what I hear from that personally is legacy, right? How do I grow and build a legacy? And I actually think a lot of times we build legacies even when we're not thinking about it. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, yo, you you have a legacy. Like, there's something you building. Like, you might be an an alcoholic. And there are people in some of our families, I've had them in my family, where a person lived their whole life as an alcoholic. That's their reputation. That's their brand. They pass along. They might have been funny. It might've been, they might've been loving and caring, right? But the legacy they left, the memory they left was like, yo, like, you know, uncle so-and-so was an alcoholic. And so the question really becomes like, you're going to leave a legacy. And the same way that could happen, there could be somebody who always owned a business or always was an entrepreneur since they were younger. Right. And that same person has a reputation and a brand in their family and amongst their friends. And ultimately, you know, if they're gone, people will remember that. So a lot of times our legacy or our brand or whatever that may be is what people like automatically think of when our name is brought up and we don't even have to be in a room. We don't even have to be alive anymore for them to be like, "Oh yeah. Entrepreneur such and such. Oh, this person. Yeah. You couldn't tell him nothing. You couldn't tell her nothing, whatever. Oh, drunk. Oh yeah. Or whatever. Oh, dancer, wild party. Oh, yeah. Auntie such and such used to go in them parties and tear it up. And and so the question to you is, what do you want your legacy to be? You will have a legacy. Like, you will leave, make a mark in this world one way or another. But you also have a choice and a decision and a huge impact on exactly what that will be.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you want that to look like? And what are you willing to acknowledge? As you go through the process, right? Because even, even with having, even with leaving a legacy, if you're not even acknowledging that you're not the same person that you were when you started, then how can you truly appreciate where you are so that you are honored by the legacy. I pray, you know, I talk to the boys all the time and I'm like, you know, I want Chase Gray University to live past me right now. Chase Gray University is a a niche coaching certification company for Christian women. I get men all the time. Like, when are you going to open this up for men? And it's been on my heart and I've been thinking about it. I said, but I really need some sort of male presence in the visionary side to really hold that side of the company. And I said, you know, but it's something that we have to do because when, when God decides that my time is done, I want to be able to leave this on. I want my boys to be able to say, you know what we need to, we, my mother has established a a kingdom based coaching certification program for people. And so we have to keep this legacy going. Well, how am I going to be able to do that? If, I'm not acknowledging the wins in my process instead of just looking and saying, this is the goal. This is what I'm striving to get striving up towards, but I'm not doing the proper work in the meantime, in the in between time to make sure that that overall goal is met.
0: Yeah. And like, you know what I thought of just, just hearing you talk about that is like the other party is, you know, and I know you're doing this, doing the work to groom the boys. And so it's like that's part of the legacy, too, is like, all right, if you want something to live on beyond you, you have to actually groom people to be prepared for the responsibility at hand, because like I'll give you an example. And a lot of the books I've read, financially related books, um, there's a huge difference between first generation and second generation millionaires. And so what you will see often a lot of times is that first generation millionaire was the person who, um who started from scratch and they made the money right so whether it was they were an athlete and they worked hard like a LeBron James let's use him as an example so LeBron starts off raised by a single mother in Akron Ohio you know comes from poverty and works hard and develops his game becomes a you know multi-million dollar uh, athlete you know they say he's a billionaire billionaire now by, by assets so I guess we can call him a billionaire even though that goes up and down depending on his assets. But the point is, right, now LeBron built all that money. He built all that wealth. But the real question becomes how is he grooming the people like his children who will inherit those, that money? Because no matter how hard, you you know, how much you love your kids or all that stuff, they didn't have to endure what you did which when you don't endure something, you also don't get the lessons. And a lot of times you will hear parents, like I've heard so many parents say, like, I never want my kids to struggle like I did. I never want my kids to do this. Don't get me wrong. I think that's a good thing. Neither do I. My kids, I don't have kids yet. So whenever they come, we're going to be a lot further than No, nope, I, I disagree.
1: I'm sorry. So you keep thing. going. But I, I'm, I just want you to know, okay. I don't agree with that. But keep going. <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. All right. So, so here's what I say and I'll let you jump in. My thing is I have to find a way like this is something me and Tiff already talked about. When I have kids, they won't grow up in the hood. They won't grow up with some of the struggles I had, but I need to find a way to give them experiences where they can learn those lessons. So maybe they're going to have to do some charity or volunteer work at a homeless shelter or a food drive or things like that so that they can understand the value of starting with nothing in that whole process because, and this is fact, I don't know what part you're going to disagree with, but this is fact. When the second generation typically blows the money that the first generation made. And so a lot of millionaires leave money for their kids and their kids literally blow the wealth. And that's just data. You know what I'm saying? So I guess for me, what I'm saying is that we have to find a way to pass the lessons along even when we don't want to to pass the struggles along.
1: No, I'm All I'm right, I'm being out. funny but I'm being serious, right? You're I, uh, 100% right, you, you know um making sure that we're grooming them. But let me tell y'all what I'm going to start doing with these kids. These I'm going to take these kids down <laughs> to the hood, right? Because like you said, I'm trying to find a way to groom you, you know, not you know, subjecting you to some of the things that I was subjected to, you don't know what a city bus look like. You don't know, you have the slightest idea of what it's like to have to, you know, work a job as a teenager, as a 14 year old, so that you can buy the latest fashion to keep up or to, you know, to fit in at school or whatever the case may be. So, no, they won't necessarily go through some of the things that we've gone through. But I'm to the point with my children where it's like, you know what? Y'all don't believe fat meat greasy. Like I need to really kind of break y'all down a little bit. We at the Dairy Queen the other day. And we were talking about something and the kids ended up saying we're rich. Like, they're like, are we rich? (laughs) Wait a minute. Me and Mitch like. first of all, (laughs) let's go ahead and get something straight. Second of all, you're not rich. You don't have any money. Right. And so I, I love that you're talking about grooming the kids. But it's even to the point now where, you know, I was thinking about, Maybe we should hire a landscaper to come and you know cut the grass and keep our our lawn together because Meech works a lot and I'm not cutting no grass. So I'm like, wait a minute. Right. There are three boys in this house that need to know how to yeah. cut grass. Oh yeah, we're not hiring nobody. I even thought about one of the things you know we we talk about delegating and as as a mom as a wife you know I have a lot of responsibilities and I was like you know maybe I can get you know a housekeeper to come over once a week or a couple of times a month to help maintain the house. And I was like, or no, my son is going to go wash the dishes. The other son is going to go clean the bathroom. And I'm saying that because as you just shared how we think, I don't want my kids to experience what I experienced, but a lot of the things I experienced is what groomed me and developed me and prepared me to be who I am today. So I, I won't, There's a lot of mistakes that I want them to make so that they can learn so that they can see, okay, this is how I'm going to better sustain because listen, Chase Great University was built from the mud. Okay. When you talk about a modern day, Noah, that is, I, I am she. Okay. And so there's no way I want to leave behind this legacy and what I've built. And then you squander it because you don't have the, 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 Work ethic or know how to be responsible while holding it.
0: Yeah, I I mean I agree with. all. I'm trying to figure out what part you disagree with because
1: I I like was just being funny thing, about like, taking the kids yeah. to the hood. I'm taking them back. They they need to go. They oh, oh, that's what you <laughs> they said. need to go back on uh, on eight mile and grass uh, to the red zone and find out what it really looked like.
0: I I feel you. Hey, I mean you know hey they all got cousins. They're gonna be there somehow. Um. I feel that, look, I think that's part of the grooming, though. And that's like, regardless of how they get it, whether it's like, I just, for me, what I would hate is for my kids not to have substance. And I'm going to be real. I'm not going to say names. But, you know, when I was younger, my family was cool with this NBA player that played for the Pistons. And we used to go, and I this is probably, I was a teenager. So let's say I'm 13, 14. And I spent the night over this NBA player's uh, crib a couple times. And it was a fun experience. You know, you see, man, they had unlimited Gatorade in the refrigerator to the point that the neighbor's kids would just walk. They had a walkout basement. The neighbor's kids would just walk in and grab Gatorade. And, um, this player had a shoe contract, and it was this big closet downstairs. You just open it and shoot. So it was cool, a cool experience. But here's what was funny. the His son's were spoiled rotten. The The one little boy, he was younger than us. And he literally used to just walk around like, my dad is such and such. Did you know my dad was such and such? And I'm like, yeah, right now I'm spending the night over your house. Like, the point I'm making is some people get so far from where they came from, that they lose the substance of where they came from. And they don't Or they don't lose it, but they don't remember to pass it on to their kids as they're spoiling their kids, and they create these entitled people who actually are not as valuable in the marketplace as their parents because they didn't grow or build a skill set. They got here because of who their parents are, right? And I'm not taking a shot at nobody because I also think we – the reason I'm talking about this is I think we need to start understanding and thinking through second generation. And um, second generation success is ultimately what I'm talking about. So as an example, watching the NBA finals, I looked at the Warriors. I'm like, okay, Steph Curry, his daddy was Dale Curry, played in the NBA. Klay Thompson, his daddy was Michael Thompson, played in the NBA. Um, Gary Payton II, his daddy was Gary Payton, played in the NBA. My point is you got three, you know, two really key players and a key role player, three players on this one team that they aren't these kids making it to the NBA now ain't all from the hood, this second generation. So their fathers I'm sure are proud because they somehow passed on to the second generation, not to just sit back, blow my money, and do nothing with your life, but to do something, you know, for yourself. So second generation success is something I think we should be focused on versus just focusing on first generation struggles. I think we build our whole identity, especially as black people. Like we just get fed so much negativity about how we should think about ourselves. And some of it is done with a good heart, but it's like, yo, don't just remind me of the struggle. Like black history month to me at some point shouldn't just be about every horrible aspect of social injustice. Some at some point, who gonna tell the second generation success story? I no, guess I,
1: I totally agree with you. Even even to how we recognize success, right? Um, to this day, and no shade to, you know, those who paved the path in our history, but there's so many amazing people who broke barriers and and rebuilt things that are not there are they they're still here. They they live in our neighborhoods. They're you know what I'm saying? So it's like, why do and I love that you, you know, acknowledge that. Don't get me wrong. I do believe that you know we do need to teach history, but i I pray, I pray Fact. that I'm a part Fact. of history. So while I'm teaching you, you know about the Sojourner Truths and the Harriet Tubmans, I want to teach you about the the modern day women and men that are leading because I want you to see that it's possible. I want you to see that you know uh, this this victorious space didn't stop and end as slavery. Like there are other men and women that are doing some tenacious things in in our industry and in our world that I don't think that we really acknowledge.
0: All right. So let's make it super practical. You know what I'm saying? Before we get out of here, like, all right, let's just say I'm hungry, right? Which I'm, I'm actually starving right now because I've been going and working all day and I, I need to eat after this. So I'm hungry and so that's my struggle with this. Hypothetically speaking, hunger is the struggle. If we're, if we're talking about building a storyline with a plot and all of that, right? So Jay will is hungry. And so let's say I was hungry for two days. That's a long time. Like I ain't ate in two days. Right. But then somehow, some way I go and get some food and for the next week straight, I eat every day. Like we should, as you know, like that is what everyone should have at least food and shelter, right? Here's the question if I, if, if I then come to you, Toya, and I'm telling my story, and you know my story, you know that Jay went hungry for two days, but for the next five days, he ate every day. If I write a story about my week and I constantly keep coming to you and I'm writing the story of the hunger, The hunger is real. It happened. But I'm skipping past the five days when I ate because that doesn't make me a victim or I haven't thought through how do I tell a success story? Or, yes, I didn't eat for two days and then I had kids and they never went without being hungry. But then now my kids are telling a story of when they daddy didn't eat for two days. And ultimately what I'm saying is our history is our history. The struggle is real. Those stories are impactful. And the people of that time told that story. That's why I've talked about reading books like Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington. I read Frederick Douglass um, autobiography because those stories are important, but they told them stories. I have to be careful not to keep retelling stories that I didn't even live. I need to find a way to be comfortable with telling my story and the success is a part of the story. And then when my children tell their story, they will they will tip their hat at the past. They will pay homage to the past. But it will be their responsibility to tell their story. And at some point, if we're all in poverty today and our goal is to get us out of poverty, at some point we're going to have a generation of people who don't come from where we come from. And we have to empower them to tell their story of second generation success.
1: I, I agree with that 100%. Not only do we have to be comfortable with telling our story, but we also have to get to a place that the victory is not only found in their story. Like, and, and this this brings me back to, you know, what does it take to win? When you're sitting down and you're identifying the wins in your business. So for all of my, my business owners, listen, sit down and start, Um, looking at the progress of where you are in your business, start identifying these wins because the wins is what's not only going to keep you focused and keep you going, but I want you to recognize what's happening to you as you're winning. You know, when it comes to the kids, I'm always trying to find a teachable moment. And I feel like the day at the Dairy Queen, when we had a conversation, like, let me go ahead and speak game and tell you about money. Like this was a winning moment. Now, have I gotten to that? Remember we talked about that overall financial goal that I said that I wanted for the business? Have we gotten there? No, but that moment there was a win for me because the fi- the, the financial literacy that I'm able to uh, share and explain to my children is number one, something that wasn't shared and explained to me in my childhood, but it definitely wasn't something that I was aware of in the beginning stages of my business. Um, really quickly, one of the things that I helped um, When it comes to coaches starting their business, if we talk about price points and for the longest time in the industry, you know, when we're taught to put a price on something, it's like, know your value and know your worth. Mm, I don't believe that you could put a price on my worth, but that's a whole nother uh, topic. Um, But when we I talk about you. counting the cost, have you sat down and identified your taxes? Have you sat down and identified your systems and your softwares? Have you sat down? And so this was a mindset that I once didn't have because I wasn't aware of it. Why am I sharing this with you? Because as you continue to persevere and build the business and go after the vision that God has shown you, be okay with stopping and identifying your wins. I'm winning in this moment. I'm winning on today. And that's what's going to keep pushing you forward. You know, I want you to think about, you know, what does it take for you to win? What does winning look like for you? And what does a winner look like to you? Right. Jay?
0: I love that you said that because I think ultimately we real comfortable with the struggle everybody is comfortable telling a struggle story because it makes people feel sorry for you. It's inspirational. Right. And I look at some of these artists and celebrities. I'm like, bro, you've been worth a hundred million dollars for the past 15 years. We tired of hearing your struggle story. Tell us the story of your success. Tell us like that part of like, like we got to write that. And so what I'm, when you talking about winning, what makes me hype about that is Get comfortable telling yes. your winning story. Yes. Like, to get comfortable grooming your children so that they can understand second Absolutely. generation success. And that's part of leaving a legacy and things like that. We should be preparing for the good part. Like, so many of us are just so comfortable and we wrap our entire identity in the bad part. And the bad part might be real. It really happened. You really sinned or somebody really sinned against you. That is real. And I'm not dismissing or um, downplaying that at all. But your story continues, and Job, when he lost it all, I, we're like okay, that's part of the story. But there was but the, victory. The, the Bible didn't skip out the part when he got more than double mm-hmm. of what he lost. The Bible told that part too, and we should be telling the whole story versus just trying to tell our struggle story, make everybody feel sorry for us, and to give some type of false loyalty to our struggles. We should be trying. And to I know behind. we, I
1: know we are wrapping up this show, but even. Even though you, you struggled 15 years ago, you still had a struggle yesterday. Talk about that struggle. Like, listen, even when we make 250000 at CGU, there's going to be a struggle at that level. Talk about it. Because what we think is you go from struggle to success and there's no in-between. We think that, oh... It's, it's easy, easy now. Enough. I'm making two hundred and fifty a month. I'm good. But what about the struggles that come at the 250000 Why are we not talking about that? Why aren't these people talking about their taxes? <laughs> Why aren't these people talking about, you know, the, the financial management that's needed to sustain the income that they're making? We want to keep talking about how we was raised on the east side, but you're not talking about now that I have the house, the car, the dog, and the picket fence that there are other struggles that are happening in the boundaries of this. So again, this is, a whole oh, nother no level of responsibility that we, we weren't privy to when we were struggling on the block. This is a whole nother level of struggle, but nobody talks about that level. And and that's one of that's what I mean about celebrating the wins and acknowledging them because at every level there's going to be something new that you're gonna to have to face and be challenged with. Let's talk about it so that we can prepare those that are coming behind us.
0: I love it, man. Look, hopefully y'all got some value out of this today. If you did, please like and subscribe to the show. Um, share this. Tell somebody about Inspire Guys People, man. This is this life con, life changing content. We're gonna continue to produce it. Um, hopefully, the transparency helps. Again, we are also on our journey uh, with Inspire Guys People. Toya also has Chase Great University, and um, I'm also trying to grow in the business world um, as a corporate business person. So look, we got a lot going on. We're trying to share these stories and share a side of, um, you know, success and growth in the process that a lot of people, like Toya said, they kind of skipping over some of these parts where it's like, no, I need that part of the story because there's some value in it for me. So, look, man, the goal is for us to get to that second generation of success because that means that we are leaving something behind. Toya started off talking about, like, You know, will your business make history like will you be remembered in the whole goal of that? If if I'm going to be remembered, if it's going to make history, that means it's going to be another generation behind me that is working. it. And so that second generation success from every angle, as well as grooming and developing your children and the people that will take control, even if it's not your children, even if it's your staff and like preparing people for growth is important. So look, look, Toy, enjoy the rest of your day. Y'all enjoy y'all day. Be inspired. I gotta go get some food, man. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die. Is it fear? Is it safe to say you lie? You can be real with me. When you blame the hell. that he gave you, creates to lift his name, Jesus, that's how we go from down and out to made new, I can see the newer you, the safe soul, it's deeper than the dollars and the pesos, the devil is still on attack, you gotta be quicker than that, store the treasure in heaven, you can't be richer than that, I mean, how you gonna be
1: richer than that, stop saying what you gonna do till you